Velkommen venner to Kvasir's Corner, your gateway to the Viking Age. My name is Jacob, and today we will be going on the first of what I am planning on calling a Kvasir's Corner deep dive uh, into a remarkably interesting and highly requested, I might add, topic. For those of you who have been following the show, we have been discussing the world of Norse mythology by looking at the stories in the Prose Edda. Uh, if you haven't already, please go back and check those out. Uh, I believe we've got four parts out right now, um, and we will get back to, to the rest of it. Uh, but please, if, if you're interested, totally go check those out after you listen to this one. Uh, on our last episode, Nick and I began a look into the gods and goddesses of the Norse pantheon following the creation of Midgard and the Nine Realms. It was after recording and then hearing the episode uh, being published that I realized that the brief descriptions of the gods in the Prose Edda really don't fully encompass the deep and complex nature of these beings. Uh, so it was after that that it was decided that each of the gods and goddesses in the Norse pantheon should really have their own episode so that we can really try and reach the core of who these beings were to the Norse peoples who worshipped uh, or in some cases feared these beings for, for generations. So that is what we will be delving into on Kvasser's Corner for probably quite a few episodes. Uh, there are an awful lot of Norse gods and goddesses after all. And who better to begin our deep dive into the Norse pantheon than the one who fathered it all, Odin. So get ready to try and uncover the mysteries of the Allfather right after these words from the Viking encampment. Kvasir's Corner is presented by Minnesota's own Viking Encampment. If you'd like to stay up to date with the encampment and get more fun and informational Viking content, please follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Viking Encampment, as well as on Twitter and TikTok at Viking Encamp MN. If you've been enjoying Kvasir's Corner or any of our other content, such as our Hell or High Water Dungeons and Dragons series, please consider supporting us on Patreon. We have many different support levels, each with special exclusive rewards for your support. These include early content access, behind-the-scenes content, access to the VE's private Discord server, digital hangouts with the Vikings, and, at the highest level, the status of honored guest at our, at our in-person events. If you love our digital and in-person content, and would like to see us expand to create even more, you can find us on patreon.com forward slash Viking Encampment. Thank you for all your support. Skull. When I say the name Odin, what is the image that comes to mind when you hear it? Is it an old wanderer with a wide-brimmed hat and ravens perched on his shoulder? long flowing gray beard in the wind? Is it a conquering warrior riding his eight-legged horse to battle with his mighty spear Gungnir in hand? Or is it a benevolent Anthony Hopkins looking being who rules as a good and gracious king from his golden throne in Asgard? Now all of these things are aspects of what I think we in the modern day 
thinks make up Odin. The truth about Odin, however, is much more complicated compared to the black and white, good versus evil images of him made by some of the modern media companies who will remain nameless. We're not trying to get copyright here, folks. Now, to be clear, all of these common modern tropes and images of Odin are aspects of the character from the Viking Age, but they're very surface level. They barely scratch the top of the surface of what we can piece together uh, from the various artifacts and sources of the Viking period. Out of all of the gods in the Norse pantheon, all of the gods of Asgard, the Aesir, the Valnir, out of all of them, apart from maybe Loki, Odin is the most complicated to wrap our heads around in retrospect. To start and try to figure out who Odin was to the Vikings, we should start with an aspect of him that is relatively straightforward. His names. Now, Odin had many, many names. Uh, scholars have been able to attribute at least 170 different names that were used to describe Odin, found in many sagas and tales and skaldic verses uh, throughout the Viking Age. Some estimates say that there's over 200 names. So we're looking at, you know, high, high 100s into the 200s in terms of the names of Odin. Now, obviously, for time constraints, we don't have time to go through all of his names. That would take a long time to try to go through and explain. So, for today, we will just stick with his primary name, Odin. Now, the name Odin itself had many forms throughout, first off, history, and then throughout the early medieval Scandinavian and Germanic-speaking world. Uh, the Anglo-Saxons, the people that would go on to settle England after the fall of Rome, their name for him was Woden, uh, from which we get the name uh, Wednesday for the third day of the week. Um, it was often, well, it was called Woden's Day, Odin's Day, uh, back in the Anglo-Saxon Germanic Viking period. And then the, uh, one of the ancestors to modern German in Old High Germanic, they also had a, a name for Odin, uh, very similar to the Anglo-Saxon name, which was, uh, my pronunciation, I apologize if there are uh, more educated scholars than me and can pronounce this, uh, Wotan, with a W, a U, an O, a T, A, and N. So... A different spelling, but a very similar, uh, very similar linguistic name. In Old Norse, which was the language of the Vikings, the name Odin is made up of two uh, different words. The first word uh, that makes up the name Odin is the word Odr. So O with a uh, an eth um, symbol, which for those of you who can can picture it. It's the, the D with the line going through the top of it um, to try and help visualize that for our visual listeners. So the word Odr, 
um, makes up the beginning part of the name Odin. And this word doesn't have an easily transferable word in modern English. The closest thing that we could get to in modern English would be the word inspiration. But even that seems to fall far short of what the Old Norse meaning of the word author uh, was meant to represent. So in Old Norse, the concept of author was this idea of an ecstasy or a fury that was so all-encompassing and so complete and total that it affected a person to the very core of their being and allowed them to do great deeds. So, you know, similar to inspiration in, in the modern context, but much stronger, much deeper than just the simple, where in the modern context we might think of inspiration as kind of a light bulb going off in the head or uh, something of that nature. Uh, the concept of other seems to go so much deeper than that to the very core, the very soul, or uh, the very huger, which is another concept we will address at some point, but the very huger of a, of a person that allowed them to accomplish great, great deeds of valor or great deeds of poetry or just great deeds of daily life, um, whatever aspect that they were this person is trying to accomplish the odor, odor, excuse me, what would enhance and give them this fury and this ecstasy and this energy to accomplish it. And odor was often deemed to be the touch of something or someone divine. So the touch of a, of a God or some sort of primordial divinity is what would inspire someone to uh, be overcome by the other um, to accomplish their deeds that they were drawn to do with the help of the other. Now, the second part of Odin's name is a little less interesting, but all still very important, um, and it is the definitive article of in, which you know quite simply means the. Literally, it means the. So, if we put together the words other and in, in, and translate it into modern English, it would literally mean uh, something along the lines of the furious one, or the ecstatic one, or the inspired one, or something very close um, to those lines of thought. Now, based on this root understanding of Odin's name being, being the furious one and the ecstatic one to the Vikings, the image that we see in modern media of Odin, this kind of Anthony Hopkins type Odin who is rather tempered and calm. Um, this calm old King, uh, would most likely be very odd to them. And this, this concept of Odin, being this, this, you know, benevolent ruler, this tempered, calm king who ruled with, uh, you know, was loved by all of his, his subjects, um, I think 
probably stems from a, I, once again, a theme when talking about the mythology is that this probably stems from a uh, influence of the Judeo-Christian understanding of what a god is. Now, in the Judeo-Christian, um, it's not a pantheon because it's monotheistic, but the Judeo-Christian God and Jesus Christ and the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and J Jacob, so on and so forth, um, in the modern vernacular is portrayed as very benevolent, very uh, caring about those who, who worship him, um, you know, this benevolent, loving father figure. And so I can see a lot of influence from the Judeo-Christian understanding of what a God is put on our modern uh, perceptions of what Odin must be or must have been to the Norse peoples. But when you look at the sources, I mean, we're, we've only just talked about his name and Odin's name alone really kind of flies in the face of that benevolent father God who cares about their their creation. Um, Odin is this, at least just from his name, is this furious, ecstatic kind of wild being. And so these these portrayals that you see of a of a you know a righteous and a good god king that you see in some very popular movies that I can't mention because copyrights are now an issue. Uh, if if you don't know. Um, that whole debacle, look up, Disney tries to trademark Norse gods. Um, and that'll probably date this podcast very well as, as well. Uh, but anyway, this, this notion of Odin as a calm-tempered king would probably be very odd to the, the Norse peoples of the Viking Age. As his name suggests, Odin not only embodied the ideas of fury and ecstasy, but he was also fury and ecstasy incarnate. In trying to put this into words, he was this primal force that would drive humanity to do great deeds with the help of his order. Um, and so we can begin to infer a lot about how the Norse would interact with with this being, this primal, almost wild being uh, that could inspire them or grant them fury and energy and ecstasy to accomplish great things. Um, and it's very, very interesting to to think about in that way. So, what aspects of life did the Furious One have control over for the Norse people? First and foremost, Odin was the Allfather. As we talked about a few episodes ago with the creation story, Odin helped to create all the nine realms out of the body of the frost giant Ymir and breathed life into the first man and woman. Odin was also the king of Asgard, as well as being considered a god of war, a god of poetry, a god of wisdom, a god of magic, and a god of the dead. 
being the god of these things made Odin a favorite god amongst the highborn and the rulers of Viking society. What is really, really fascinating about this, however, is that based on the skaldic poetry and the sagas that have been passed down to us that actually talk about the court of Asgard, Odin was a really terrible king. Many tales are told of Odin spending long stretches of time away from his kingdom in search of knowledge, and leaving the ruling of the Nine Realms as basically an afterthought. Most, if not all, of his wanderings had really self-serving purposes, and often involved disturbing the dead with his magic, which we will get into all of that as an issue in a later episode. Uh, but this was all in order to learn about the coming of Ragnarok, and often how he could avoid that, uh, avoid the fate that was woven for him by the Norns. Uh, when he was in Asgard, extraordinarily little of the stories tell of him ruling very effectively. He seems to show little to no regard uh, for the values of justice, or respect customs at all. Many skaldic poems and verses paint him as unjust, untrustworthy, and even malicious. At one point, even the gods of Asgard would grow tired of Odin's methods of ruling and remove him from his place as king. So, this brings up the question. Why would this untrustworthy, selfish, fickle, and unconcerned god be the primary deity of the Viking elites. Clearly, many of Odin's actions in the skaldic poems, as well as the Icelandic sagas, go against what is believed to be the moral and honorable standards of a Viking Age ruler. So what was it that caused the Viking chiefs and kings to call to Odin and try to gain his favor. Well, that, my friends, will be a story for another time. We have literally just barely scratched the surface of Odin as a character, as a, as a god, as a being, and we will definitely be spending much, much more time trying to figure him out. And a lot of what we will be discussing will be some conjecture, uh, based off of scholarly evidence, archaeological research, and, and things of that nature. But, you know, there's a lot of things that we might not be able to, to piece together fully based on those things. Um, and so it allows us the room to, to kind of play with, with the idea of this character and try to get into the Viking mindset of what would they have thought of this being who, based on their poetry, wasn't really trustworthy, but they still wanted his favor. Um, so that's it's a lot of fun, in my mind, to be able to do that and try to piece together this, this mindset of why is this being worshipped. And that's what we will be able to do together on, on the upcoming episodes. As always, thank you for tuning in. Remember to leave us a like, a rating, a comment, a subscription, share us on all the social medias, you know, 
if you're vaccinated and all that stuff and your neighbor's vaccinated, go talk to your neighbor. Get them to listen to Kvasser's Corner and all, all of those good things. Um, it really, it means so much to us uh, when, when you, our, our audience, does that. Um, we know that it's just a small thing, a click of a button, but it really means so much to us uh, when, when you're able to support us in that way. So thank you in advance for that. Um, it really, really helps us out. Tune in as we delve even deeper into the character of Odin and look at what might be one of his most well-known aspects as the god of war and see how it's this aspect that really endeared him to the Norse chieftains and kings of the Viking Age. All of this and more next time on Kvasir's Corner.